Ladies and gentlemen, today is July 4th, 2020, and welcome back to episode two of the Mashing Joys podcast. So great to have you all back. I, once again, am Cody Myers, aka Mediocre Panda, and sitting across from me here, across the interwebs, is my co-host, my cousin, and my co-conspirator for world domination, Mr. Jason Kaysen. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. I'm super stoked about this episode um, and happy 4th of July to everyone. Please uh, don't blow off any digits. Just uh, have some fun, stay safe, and uh, hopefully you enjoy while you count the hours down until it gets dark so you can light some fireworks. True, true. People are already starting to light them off over here. Oh, and I'm it's like, banging over here. Yeah, it's, it's popping off. People are ready. Um, any special plans for the 4th? Um, I was actually going to shoot you a text before this. Uh, no, uh, we might hang out at the crib and just play some cornhole and light some whistling bungholes off. Nice. Sounds like a Saturday. Um, I planned on watching, um, what I consider to be one of the most patriotic movies ever to celebrate the 4th of July. And I'm pretty excited about it. Rocky three. Uh, no, purge election year seems more. Oh, pertinent. Nice. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, one. that's a good one. Yeah, because get it, it's like, yeah, it's yeah, topical. All right. Um, so this is episode two. This is going up on SoundCloud. Am I right? It is. Yeah, it's going up on SoundCloud should be the first episode on all of our other streaming services, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, so if you're listening on those platforms, welcome. Uh, if you would like, you can subscribe to this channel, subscribe to us as artists, and you'll get notifications as soon as the newest episodes drop. Um, and then the first episode will be tied to this episode on YouTube as well. And um, I know we discussed it briefly um, in the lead up to actually releasing episode one on YouTube. Go check it out if you haven't. It's a doozy. Um, but we were talking about doing kind of an edited down version so we could get that first episode out on these other platforms. So if, you know, if you're not comfortable with YouTube and you don't want to travel to a different site to listen to our show, uh, we could, you know, throw that out there so you can get caught up on what we've already talked about. So if, uh, if we say something, you're not completely lost. Is that still something we were talking about doing? Yeah, we'll probably do some edits and, and we might even do something like after the first few episodes, maybe do like a, a highlight uh, audio file so you can just kind of get caught up on the last episodes. I know our plan is to try to at least get one to two episodes out a week. So there's going to be a lot of content for you guys um, and anything we can do to kind of shorten that content for you guys to get caught up. I know for myself, um, there are plenty of uh, content creators that are out there that I follow and I support. And I know when I go on vacation or if I have a really tough work week and I can't hit every single episode every single day, I love going back to when they do like highlight episodes so I can kind of get caught up on what they talked about. And if there's something in that highlight episode that piques my interest, then I will go back to whatever date that episode was from and just watch the whole episode. So we'll try to do that for you guys as well. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to start posting a lot more uh, just overall content on our social media pages so if you guys are interested in seeing what we have to say on a, just a regular daily basis uh you can find us on facebook uh mashing joys on facebook and on instagram and twitter at mashing joys on both of those sites as well 
Um, and we might have some stuff. Well, not might. We will be having some stuff coming up in the future with some live streaming stuff. But right now we're just going to take care of business, get this show up and running, and uh, okay. go from there. Yeah, boy. So uh, we've got a little bit to talk about today. This one's going to be significantly shorter than episode one, which ran over two hours. <laughs> yeah, I felt like Joe Rogan for a second. Yeah. Just with just not way less DMT. Yeah, and less handsome. Yeah. Um, but we're going to touch on a few things here, and we're going to be talking about some uh, speculation about uh, the next generation of consoles, uh, games to be coming out soon, and we're also going to recap some of our favorite and least favorite games of this current console generation of the Xbox One and the PS4, and the Nintendo Switch, if you want to throw that in there too. Yeah. I mean, I almost threw a game in there, but I was like, there are other games I enjoy way more. <laughs> so starting off, the first note we wanted to kind of hit on was not anywhere near the video game sphere. This is kind of trending towards that entertainment uh, section that we kind of alluded to in the first episode uh, where we're going to be talking about comic books, TV shows, and all that kind of stuff. And a big acquisition was made today with Marvel acquiring the rights to Alien and Predator. That is super cool. I'm a huge fan of both those franchises, especially Alien, one of my favorite movies. And the guys at Marvel seem to know what they're doing, the guys and gals. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the future holds for those two different IPs. Yeah, and I know that they're uh, right now at least um, it is strictly comic book stories. Um, this is not a direct adaptation to film or um, gaming, anything like that. This is strictly them gaining the rights of um, alien and predator as far as visually and um, making it into some extra stories. They might do some, some cross reference on some of their comic books, but for the most part right now, it is strictly them, um, gaining those rights and starting to kind of get their feelers out for the alien and predator uh, universe. Um, and then eventually who knows where it'll go. One thing that uh, we should keep in mind is don't forget that back in 2018, um, the Marvel studios acquired uh, Conan, the barbarian. That's very true. So, and we have not seen a movie. We haven't seen anything like that put up by Marvel studios. It is strictly comic book based. Marvel definitely knows what they're doing. They're going to be acquiring these uh, rights and they're going to be putting out some comic books here and there, try to get some fan bases built. Um, and then, you know, you might see like, uh, I know one of the, the Marvel studio artists um, was given the task of actually drawing Alien and Predator for their news breaking announcement. And he drew um, a picture of Predator with um, Iron Man's helmet. And so everyone initially was like, oh my God, they're already going to start crossing these universes. And basically he was just drawing like, hey, he's, we're welcome, welcoming him to our team. Not necessarily, you know, we're going to put out a comic book right off the bat with Iron Man. So um, there's a lot of speculation out there, but Marvel Studios immediately shut it down. Um, but it is extremely exciting. And what's so cool about it is it was so surprising. Like this is, 
there there haven't been talks of Marvel trying to reach into this universe. All we hear about with Marvel right now is what they're going to do in the next phases for Avengers, what they're going to do with, um, you know, the Spider-Man rights and how they're going to be able to keep those and not play this battle anymore. And how are they going to bring Venom on when they do that? And all those things, you don't, you never even heard about Alien and Predator being in a conversation. And the fact that Marvel went out and got them tells us that, you know, that's something that they see in this universe as crucial. And they think that, it has a fan base that they want to tap into. So if you haven't checked out Alien and Predator, you don't have to see all the movies. Check out the originals. Um, they're great. Even some of the newer ones, the, um, the, the newer adaptations that they've put out are pretty good. But at least go watch the originals if you haven't. They're fantastic. Um, and it'll kind of give you a glimpse to what Marvel's going to do with it going forward. Yeah, this this really did come straight out of left field. No one really anticipated this at all. And the fact that they are so beloved, as you mentioned, um, this really shows a commitment from Marvel. And to clarify, this is definitely a Marvel Comics thing, not the Disney-owned Marvel Studios. Yep. So, um, but it's exciting. I'm excited to see some of the artwork, see what stories they, ha- they have to tell. And now it's just a hurry up and wait. I'm not anticipating anything super soon as this was just announced today. Um, but it's, it's exciting nonetheless. Moving in to more video game things, something we kind of specialize in. Uh, we wanted to talk about a piece of information that came out recently with a leak coming from i believe it was the X, the microsoft store i could be wrong there it could be amazon or wherever um with a price leak for nba 2k21 um anyone who's been playing video games on the uh modern consoles since the playstation 3 and the 360 have become accustomed to a standard 60 dollar price tag for all new AAA releases And it seems that coming into this next generation, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, that price might be jumping up a little bit. They uh, the price leaked for 2K21 for the next gen consoles was a crisp seventy dollars. So tiny ten dollar increase. We saw something similar to this when we transitioned from the PlayStation 2 to the PlayStation 3, going from fifty dollars to sixty dollars. So it's not anything super unusual but i wanted to get your thoughts on this what does that make any difference to you when it comes to buying a game on release compared to waiting for a sale i mean let's start this off by just looking over my shoulder the shoulder um and as far as cost of discs goes my collection is going to grow no matter what um i will say that it is kind of alarming Um, that the price is going up. And the reason why um, is because you're going to have, especially since they're, uh, and I know we'll dive into the consoles next episode uh, as far as capabilities and things of that nature, but um, you know, going from a disc based or a digital based console, um, I'm curious to see, is this going to be $70 for the disc because they want more people to do it digitally 
Um, or is it going to be something where um, they're seeing it as you are getting more with our game, so we're going to charge you more? Because if you look at Blu-ray sales, for instance, Blu-rays to 4Ks initially were a big price jump. But now Blu-rays have decreased in price and 4Ks are back to where Blu-rays were. Like if you went to go buy a brand new Blu-ray, it would have like five years ago, it was $39.99. And it was $29.99 for the, the, the DVD digital. And it was $49.99 for the Blu-ray DVD and digital. Well, now 4K ultra discs are $39.99 and Blu-rays are $29.99. So the Blu-rays depreciated. So for them to now charge $10, I'm not sure. I guess we would, obviously it was a, a leak and it was an accident or whatever. Um, I'm in the mindset of it wasn't on accident. I think this was 100% on purpose. You see this in sports all the time where GMs will leak information just to get the population's reaction to see if that's something that they should do. Like for instance, if you had an athlete on your team that you were trying to trade, you would then leak information to a specific source about so-and-so is not happy here or so-and-so is not getting along with someone in the locker room and that would get leaked out. And then if the population reacts with good, get rid of them or, Hey, he actually has some value. Maybe we can get this guy for him. Then the GMs are like, okay, our fan base would welcome a change. Or if they're like, who gives a crap? This guy's the best player on the team, put up with it, whatever. Then they know, okay, maybe we should hold on to this guy. This could be something that they're leaking it out and they're like, let's just see how people react. Is this too much? Is this pushing it too far? Because if you're going to tell me that production of this disc is $10 more, I'm going to find that extremely hard to believe because the discs that you're putting it on are the same discs that these movie production companies are putting them on. And they have adjusted their price accordingly. Now, granted, right off the bat, it was a little bit more. And if that's going to be like initially, this is what it's going to be until, you know, the systems are out and they're, they're getting a good flow of customers, then sure. Um, I'll pay the $70 for like the first five games that I get and then it'll go down. Um, but it's not like super alarming, but it, it's, it definitely has that little question mark where I'm like, why? I'd like to know the why. Yeah, it seems a little bit suspicious from that standpoint. Um, I can kind of see the a little bit of a price hike just due to the fact that with these next-gen consoles and their uh, technical capabilities, these developers are putting in a lot more work, a lot better programming into these games. They're taking a little bit longer, I'm assuming. Um, but we'll get into game development and all that next episode. But I would like to think that maybe because of the there's such a substantial improvement in hardware and performance that that might justify that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also interested to see is the place is just the PlayStation five version going to be $70 or the next gen and the past gen still going to be 60 or is that just going to be an overall leap that people who can't necessarily get their hands on the hardware right off the bat is just going to have to deal with. And I also kind of understand it that most of these components are coming from overseas and with the uh, current global climate, this pandemic that we're living in, some of these materials may be a little bit harder to come by, maybe not as much with um, disc manufacturing, but just hardware in general. 
So it's um it's interesting to say the least. I'm going to be keeping a close eye on this for sure. I want to hear what uh, more developers are going to put their games out listing for and see if this becomes a trend or if it's like you said, maybe it's just maybe a first few months. And then and that too, like if it's COVID or, or whatever, that's, that's causing this and they're just anticipating something initially. Great. I just want to know the why. And if your why is, it's because our games are going to be better and you're just going to have to pay a higher price for that. So be it like that. I just want to know the why I'd, I'd understand anyway. I will tell you this. If it's 69 99, I will be driving my happy ass across the Oregon border to Walmart. Cause it's usually 30 cents less at Walmart. And I will be paying no sales tax for a game. That's 69 69. This guy gets it. <laughs> this guy gets it. That's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty nice way to put it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I, I obviously it, it's so early in the, in the process. We won't know right now, but I'd like to see the, why the one interesting thing though, that might hopefully these, uh, these gaming conglomerates understand or remember, I don't know if you remember, you were pretty young, but when the PS2 and the PS, when the PS3 first came out and the PS2 was still putting out games, um, it was right around like all the big sports games were getting really popular. So the sports games would put out different cover athletes for each console. Well, what was happening is the PlayStation 2 was $10 cheaper than the PS3. Well, these athletes are getting a percentage cut on the sale price. So they're already at a disadvantage because they got the PS2 cover, not the PS3 cover. So if they're going to do a $10 change, hopefully they just stick to one athlete and just roll that or cover art or whatever, because they use different artists sometimes too, and they get a percentage on it. It's going to really suck when you're like, hey, I'm on the cover of 2K21, but shit, I'm on the PS4 one. It's $10 cheaper. I just lost all that money because it's a big chunk. Um, this is not a direct attack at one Damian Lillard. <laughs> Sorry, bro. You'll be on the PS5, bro. They'll probably put Zion on the PS4. He's a rookie anyway. He's a rookie, yeah. I mean, he only played what? half the season a couple yeah. months yeah came back just after all-star yep or what he'll would still have been win. he'll still win rookie of the year john Morant, bro he deserves I, I hope it's john Morant, but i have a feeling yeah. that the voters are gonna go zion yeah probably just see. yeah john deserves it but that Jaffiel. being said we can hat Sheffield because it's his name um also, on the same topic of next-gen rumors and moving forward into the next console generation, we wanted to kind of discuss a little bit of one of our uh, love-to-hate games being the <laughs> Call of Duty franchise. Uh, for those of you who've been around the series for a long time, you know right around this time is when we're supposed to be expecting an announcement on what the next Call of Duty title is going to be, get the gist of it. And we can continue speculating from there on what we're going to see. So right about now is when we should be expecting the announcement for Call of Duty 2020, which is an infinity, no, Treyarch title is Treyarch's term because Sledgehammer, I guess, wasn't ready for their next release. Of course not. Yeah, yeah. World War II was any indication. <laughs> nice. 
But uh, apparently they are going to have a hand in this game. Uh, Treyarch is going to keep the handle on multiplayer and zombies since that's kind of their bread and butter. Wheelhouse, Thurkane Griffey Jr. Yeah, exactly. And Sledgehammer, they're kind of known for putting out these really deep stories or at least attempting to so world war ii's story was good yeah so they're supposed to take over the campaign for this year's edition of call of duty while treyarch handles all the online aspects of it Mm. and there have been some rumors going around about what the next title is going to be most popular one being black ops remastered which i don't find very feasible considering the fact that sledgehammer is being involved if they were going to put out a remaster first off why wouldn't you just do it the same way infinity ward's been doing it when they released infinite warfare and they put out modern warfare remastered as a bundle or with modern warfare 2019 and then they put out modern warfare 2 campaign remaster why not just drop black ops remaster as a standalone slightly lesser price just the campaign whatever it may be I could see them possibly doing a reimagining, kind of like what Infinity Ward did with Modern Warfare this time around. But even then, I just Sledgehammer doesn't have the same connection to that universe that Treyarch does. They pioneered it. Black Ops and Black Ops 2 were a couple of the most popular Call of Duty titles to date and still very beloved by their fan bases. So I don't see the, the realism behind bringing in another studio who's been very hit or miss when it comes to their Call of Duty titles to jump in on this IP. Well, I, I, think, I think you actually hit the nail on the head. I do. I'm in the uh, grouping of I believe they're going to release a Black Ops remastered, especially for the PS5. Um, my thought is they're going to release COD on uh, primarily and do all the gameplay footage and everything on the PS4 or Xbox One, whatever the that generation console. The and then the next gen console, um, I think they're once that releases, they're going to do like a. Black Ops Remastered and you get the free version of the next Call of Duty on that console. Um, However, I think they're going to tie in Black Ops to the name. Um, I actually read something where they're, you know, this is rumored to be Cold War, similar to what started the the discussions of how Black Ops became Black Ops, um, which allowed them to make it a historical game, but at the same time give it futuristic references because obviously we all know the Cold War is um, a war that uh, no one knows about. So um, I think they do something like uh, like Cold Ops or something to where they're tying in Cold War, but they're also keeping the Black Ops realm with it. Um, but I agree with you. Like Infinity War, they have that they have that deep connection with like the modern warfare. So it was easy to title it modern warfare um, and then connect it to their other modern warfare games. But the thing with black ops is, you know, black ops went all the way to black ops four modern warfare. Couldn't do that. They stopped at three and then started advanced warfare and infinite warfare. They couldn't even keep the modern warfare title because 
it wasn't modern warfare anymore. They were overdoing modern warfare. They had to branch off and do something that was more quote unquote advanced or infinite. And that's why they changed the name. Whereas black ops is black ops is whatever you want it to be. They can make it, you know, it, it could be now, but kind of behind the scenes with this futuristic stuff that you don't know about or whatever. Um, that kind of makes Black Ops what it is. So I honestly, I wouldn't even be mad if they do Black Ops 5 Cold War or something like that. Like the title to me doesn't matter. I just want, I want to make sure that with Treyarch bringing in Sledgehammer, I want to make sure that Treyarch sticks to their guns and doesn't make this something to where they start collaborating and allowing Sledgehammer to try to change some things because it doesn't need to be changed. Treyarch knows what they're doing. You're doing it on new gra- with new graphics. You're doing it with a new quote-unquote storyline. Wars or Black Ops or Blackout started the whole BR4 Call of Duty. Warzone has taken it to that next level and set that bar there. But Treyarch can take that to an even further height. And I think they will. And I'm excited. That, that's probably the most exciting thing. I do like how they're working directly with um, the Call of Duty Call of Duty Studios to try to tie in this map to the next map. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I'm excited to see if any Easter eggs pop up in Verdansk in Warzone that maybe ties into the next Call of Duty title. And Blackout, on first glance when that game came out, I was a huge fan of it. And then it kind of just grew stale for me. They didn't have nearly as much content additions or map changes as other BRs, even Warzone, who hasn't really had any significant map changes. However, there are rumors that Season 5 will introduce some significant map changes. But that's a discussion for another time. (laughs) But with them, with the possibility of them revisiting this Black Ops universe, with how well Infinity Ward did Modern Warfare, which I think we've already had confirmed that Warzone at least will carry into the PlayStation 5. And even just from a campaign standpoint, tying it back together to the main story, bringing back fan favorite characters like Price and even just playable operators in multiplayer like Ghost and Gaz, who I guess was just a recent character. But but recent but he was introduced like immediately in the story yeah he was a very pertinent part of the story and with that i'm kind of figuring do you think treyarch would say hey sledgehammer if you'd like to bring back some fan favorite characters like one alex mason or hudson or our boy filthy frank if they want to bring him back, if they want to bring those guys back, do you think they would do that? Do you think, do you think Sledgehammer could do those characters justice? If I was Treyarch, that would be the one area where I would allow it. Because like I said, the, the World War II story was really good. Like yep. Sledgehammer knows how to, um, especially, and, and I give any, any developer credit when you're trying to take what, you know, information people already know about, like World War II, we all learned about that in high school. We all learned about it from our ancestors, our great grandparents, our grandparents, and all the stories have passed down. You can't see a movie nowadays where there isn't something about World War II. It's just, it is what it is. So for you to try to attack that plot, 
is ballsy. And the fact that they put that story together so well, that tells me that they know how to put a storyboard together. They know how to gather ideas and put it where they want it to be and have it flow how they want it. So if I was Treyarch, I would allow that. I just, I don't want the, I don't want the theatrics to carry into the multiplayer and the zombies. I don't need that. Like I, I just, if I'm playing multiplayer, I'm playing zombies. I'm playing with my buddies. I'm trying to pass the time. I don't need the whole storyline intros and all that. Like uh, I believe it was black ops two. When like every time you loaded into zombies, it was like a 30 second intro video. It's like, I don't want that. Like, I just, I want to play. And then when you die, which happens a lot in zombies, then you have to load through another 30 second screen. Like, I want to hit play again and play again. Like, I don't need this whole intro video. I don't need that stuff. So I hope that they keep it campaign and then allow them to pluck from the campaign for their multiplayer, um, like you alluded to, which would be cool. Um, I just, I don't want them to allow Sledgehammer to come in more than they need to. Absolutely. At the end of the day, it is their title. It is their um their franchise that they've really built a lot of credibility on in the first person shooter genre outside of some of their early work doing like the tony hawk titles Mm -hmm. a lot of people forget the treyarch was one of the lead developing teams behind the early tony hawk pro skater titles yep which to this day are still some of my favorite games of all time goats so I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm pretty open at this point to see where they go with this. And I'm excited. I want I want any bit of information I can soak up on it. I want I want to discuss it with you. I want to hear your reactions on it cuz we know we're going to be playing the ever-living shit out of that game whether we like it or not. Yep. Yep. I say this all the time to my wife when she asks you know why why video games why why is video games stuck with you so much and the thing is for for the people that know me and if you don't know me um i fucking hate people um and i work in a business where i have to deal with people it was a poor business choice unfortunately i got into it early and i was really good at it so i had to stick with it but i hate fucking people and i'm around fucking people all the fucking time so when i get home i want to fuck shit up and by doing that I get on with my boy Mediocre Panda and we fuck shit up. And usually that's Call of Duty because it's the easiest thing to fuck shit up. Or Rocket League. But that usually turns into being super toxic. Yeah. Actually, we're... Story, I played Rocket League last night when we were talking with Kyle. Yeah. Literally this dude we were playing was one-on-one. And I, uh, we, I always try to start off super nice. Like if I score, he scores. I always say like nice shot and I always say thanks. Like I'm always just trying to like keep it cool. Like we're just playing for fun. Manners, you know. This dude flat out boosted, got turbo and blew me up. Like the ball, I was literally just chasing the ball and he went out of his way to blow me up and he just put sorry. I was like, oh, okay. So we want to be like that. So then of course I scored on him. And then he went to shoot the ball and hit it a little too high and it led the other direction. And I scored and I put great pass and as soon as i did that he put why toxic question mark i was like ah damn it i'm that guy like it immediately like rocket league is the worst like it literally my uh my toxic stages increased to like defcon 5 yeah 
his toxicity is very much over 9,000. Um, so uh, I'd say that it would put the system down. Boo. Um, (laughs) moving on from that yeah (laughs) um speaking of games that whether we like them or not are happening and i have a feeling we're really gonna like this game i love it i i didn't really pay too much attention to it when it was first announced but now that i've gone back rewatched the reveal trailer and watched the gameplay trailer I'm fucking stoked for this game. That being Star Wars Squadrons. Super awesome concept. Takes one of my favorite parts of the entirety of Star Wars being just the space battles, just these dogfights they're having is one of my favorite segments in any Star Wars film. It always just adds to the tension. Because you never really know who's going to pull out on top, except for it's most of the time the rebels. But tell like we have two Death Stars to prove it, and a uh, what they call the the planet in oh, Force Star Killer Base, Star Killer Base. Yeah, yeah. That, that that took a long time to develop that name. Yeah, get it because it kills stars and it's a base. The the one Plot thing development. That, the one thing that I'm super excited about this game um, is the VR capability, and the reason why is because obviously I have a VR, um, but the main reason was this next gen console push. A lot of the developers were trying to make this push for VR. They want VR to be like a, a regular staple in your gaming platform realm. They want you to be able to have the capability to just plug and play and have a game that does both to give you like a different universe, a different feel for the game. PS4 started that with Gran Turismo. You had the VR, you could race like three laps in VR, which was like, okay, cool. You kind of led me to it, but it's not that great. And then they announced games. And then that's when they started developing the bundles. But for the PS5, this is going to be, I feel like a game like this um, can start that big push to where now you're getting big time games. Like you look at VR right now, like everybody's golf is maybe a big time game and Batman remastered for VR. But other than that, it's all little stuff. It, it's little games that were developed specifically for VR to have a big name game like this, have that VR capability could really bridge that gap, which I'm super stoked about. Yeah. The VR capability, I this might be the game that finally seals, puts the nail in the coffin for me, to where I, I'm probably going out and buying a VR specifically for this game. Because this game, whether it be multiplayer or the single-player campaign, which there is a campaign for, it has full VR capability. And with it being in such a, a big universe like Star Wars and such a such a big scale thing these giant space battles it's going to be so immersive and all of the in-engine game footage they showed off looks fucking phenomenal oh my god it's going to be so good yeah 
But just getting into a little bit of what they've announced so far, other than the VR capability and the single-player campaign, uh, you're going to be looking at kind of like a, we'll call it like a Rainbow Six Siege-esque kind of multiplayer system. 5v5, all in ships, and you can, there are four different types of ships you can fly. There are the regular Starfighters, the Interceptors, the Support, and the Bombers. And each of those ships and your pilots, you can customize fully. Cosmetically, you can add different abilities and equipment to your starfighters that fits kind of the scheme of your team, which is apparently going to be a big part in one of their multiplayer modes, which so far they have announced two. Uh, one is just a standard dogfight 5v5. I don't know if it's a one-and-done death or if it's going to be maybe a points-based system, kind of like a team deathmatch. Either one I'd probably be pretty down for. I think they're going to pull like a like a Battlefront type of um, online match. I think it'll be based upon, um, like, for instance, in Battlefront, when you die, it's kind of like if you played Call of Duty and you play Capture the Flag, where when you die, you have like a five-second respawn. Um, same thing in, in Battlefront. When you die, it's not like you immediately come back. So it is a big setback, especially if you're doing like a 5v5. If you take out three people on that team, now the rest of you guys can go get those two guys while the other three guys are loading in. Um, they'll probably do something like that, I would imagine. If they do a one-shot and you're dead, that would be dope. I would just hope that the ships have capabilities of um, healing up and and doing that kind of stuff so you're not like three blasts and then you're dead and now you're out and you have to watch your teammates try to finish this thing yeah uh apparently with the support fighters they can restock you with whether it be ammunition or uh i believe energy is another thing they can kind of resupply you on and if they did do the kind of one and done kind of thing i would hope they would do it in rounds kind of like search and destroy on call yeah. of duty yeah. where best of you know First to six rounds wins 5v5. If you're dead, you're dead. But you just have to wait till the next round. Mm -hmm. I think that would be really cool. But the game mode I'm most excited for is definitely the fleet battles. Which you, If you haven't seen these, they're these ginormous multi-stage encounters. Starts off with just normal dog fighting. Dogs fighting dogs. But not in like a Michael Vick way. Almost said Michael Vick. <laughs> I, I'm covering my bases here. <laughs> but uh, essentially, it's kind of like a a push for control. If, say, the Rebellion's completely shitting on the Empire, they're going to fall back to these uh, two medium-sized ships where the team one team is going to be defending, one team is going to attack. And once those two ships go down, you now have your giant like flagship, like the Star Destroyers and all of that. And essentially the game ends when someone's flagship falls. That seems to be the game mode they are heavily pushing other than the campaign. They made a big deal about the campaign. But the fleet battles seem like they are going to have a lot of strategy behind them, a lot of really communicating with your teammate on strategy and building your play style and fighter style to fit team needs, which I think is going to be really cool. I think adding that bit of strategy to it really enhances the gameplay. 
and overall is just going to be fun as hell to play. Yeah, I'm super excited for this one. And that game is scheduled to come out on October 2nd of this year, 2020. So just before the uh, rumored release dates for the next-gen consoles, I'm sure they will have a port. Maybe not available right off the bat, but they, I'm sure we'll have a version. We'll see if we'll get that sweet, sweet next-gen free upgrade. Uh, some studios seem to be all for it. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 is a big one. The first one that was truly announced, excuse me, that uh, when, if you buy the previous gen console version, you will get the free upgrade for the next gen, which I think is really cool. Bethesda, take note, I'm not buying Skyrim again. Talk about beating a dead horse, dude. Well, uh, speaking of Skyrim, um, Let's dive into these lists, dude. I'm I'm super excited to give uh, to give all the listeners kind of a, a breakdown of, of what's about to happen um, before your minds blow um, into a billion pieces. Uh, we are if if you've ever watched my show, you know that I love brackets and I love lists uh, because I love giving my opinion on what I feel is the best and not the best. And so Cody and I had a brief discussion about what if we did this um, for multiple facets in the gaming industry. And we decided for this episode to grant you guys access into our top 10 lists of current gen games that are out uh, for these current consoles. And I am super stoked. The one thing that we talked about was we were not going to tell each other our lists. Yep. We have a shared drive that we will share notes and discuss episodes with, uh, but we refuse to put our lists on here. So the the games that you're going to hear on these lists, we are hearing for the first time as well. Um, but to kind of tease into the list, we're going to start with a few games that were either our honorable mentions or our dishonorable mentions. Do you want to start with the uh, dishonorable or the honorable? Uh, let's start with Dishonorable, because I want it to start from the bottom, and then we get to here, bro. Okay, Drake. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah, dude. Running through the six. Whoa. Yeah. I feel like putting my Raptors hat on, but I don't want to change hats yeah. mid, mid-episode. That would just be awkward. <laughs> I'm sorry for that waste of $19. Unless it's like the 10. old retro Raptors, like the, like the 90s purple and red. Okay, see? Respect. Mad yeah. respect. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. T Mac T Mac Vince Carter. All right, I feel you. Yeah. Hell. Del Curry, bro. Oh, Del Curry. Surprisingly good golfer, by the way. Is he? Yeah. Well, I've heard his son is also pretty decent. Yeah. Uh nice. Seth Bean. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. So uh Let's start with your first dishonorable mention. Are, are we are we gonna do this in an order or is it just random? Like, did you actually one through three or did you? Nope. These are no particular All order. Right. All right. So my first, my first one. This one hit me hard. Um, so this was when you're like, we should do dishonorable. I was like, well, I know my first one. Um, <laughs> Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Mega Battle. Okay. For those of you that don't know what this game was based off of, back on the Nintendo. There was Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It was the greatest game ever made. Fight me if you don't agree. It was like Metal Slug, but Power Rangers. 
And it was awesome because you could pick whatever ranger you want and you could have up to four people playing at the same time. I remember playing it with my older sister and her friends or my friends. And, you know, she would be the pink ranger and, and her friend would be the yellow ranger. And me and my buddies would be like the blue and the red ranger. And you would just go through a little 2D map just like you would Metal Slug. And you freaking just ball out as a team. It was awesome. Bandai comes out and they're like, hey, we're going to do this for the next gen console. And they were going to do it for the PS3. And then they're like, nope, we're going to hold off. We're going to really make this game and expand it and make it something where you it's just a digital game. It's not disc-based. It's just digital. And we're going to make it to where you're going to never want to stop playing this. I'll tell you what. I pre-ordered it. I played it the hour it came out. I played it for two hours, hoping to God it would get better. And I never played it again. It was dog shit. It was awful. The graph, it was like, because they're cartoon graphics and they like tried to make them like HD. It was like, no, please, please. This isn't working. Stop drinking on the job, boys. It was so bad. It was so bad. The, The cover art looked so cool. It was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then dog shit. So there's my first one. Um, now, with my dishonorable mentions, all three of mine are major AAA titles. Oh, nice. Um, all of these pretty, like, unanimously, unanimously uh, panned by everyone. So the very first one, a game I was so excited for because I loved the first one in the series and loved is probably a strong word. I played it here and there. I had plans. I had a group of people. I was like, we're going to bust through this game. I went and bought the $110 Steelbook edition from GameStop. Oh, I know what game this is. And I played it for two hours. Nothing going on. And uh, that game being Tom Clancy's The Division 2. I knew it! I, fuck, dude. That game was such a letdown. I, I feel so bad. Because my homie Garrett, fucking my hetero life mate, as once Jay and Silent Bob would say. Garrett's the man. Yeah. We, uh, he finally bought a PlayStation 4. And I was like, yo, dude, we played The Division. Let's play The Division 2 together. So I made him buy this fucking game. And every single time I've gone on to play that game, servers are down for maintenance. And I'll even go on to Ubisoft support and be like, hey, is the game down? They're like, nope. Well, fucking check again. Because this game does not work. There's (laughs) nothing going on here. It was such a cool premise. And they they fucked it in the butt. So bad. I hate that game. So bad. That's my first one. Nice. Nice. Uh, Do you want to enlighten us on your second? Um, my second one is another another uh, sequel, um, Metro Exodus. Oh, okay. Never I heard. was a big fan of Metro 2033 and Last Light. I, I still have the collection of the remasters for the PlayStation 4. Wonderful kind of survival horror kind of elements. And then Exodus came out. I'm like, you know what would be really cool? fucking make it online for no goddamn reason at all (laughs) just just fuck it right 
What are you doing? <laughs> this is a single-player game. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you're in a tunnel. And there's dudes, and there might be other dudes. <laughs> Should have just fucking left it, too. But that's my brief explanation of that game. That game was dog shit. Sorry to hear that. Congrats to them for making the list, though. Yeah, shout out to them, right? <laughs> a lot of people tried to forget about the fucking Metro games, but I Psych. keep bringing it back. Sorry about that. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so my number two um, is the game wasn't like extremely disappointing. And actually, it pained me to write it because I'm actually wearing one of the characters that you can have in the game. Um, but... Tony Hawk Pro Skater 5. I, I really thought about putting that on. <laughs> I can tell you that I, I played it for like maybe six hours total. And literally after two hours, I was basically done. I was like, I'm not playing this game anymore. And then I unlocked a Ninja Turtle. So I was like, oh, I'm skating as a Ninja Turtle. And I literally did that for like four hours and just tried to like do cool tricks and capture it and clip it and try to put it on Twitter. And that was literally that, like all I did with that game. I would have much rather, and I know that we're getting a remaster, which oh, so good. I would have much rather had that remaster than pro skater five. Yeah, absolutely. I, I followed that game from release. I watched my favorite streamer, one Rainer Vez jr. Go check him out on Twitch. Let him know, please come on the podcast. <laughs> um, I'm wearing your shirt. But I watched please him play me. it. Yeah, please be my friend. <laughs> but uh, I watched him play it day of launch at launch. Like he bought the digital version. He bought the fucking game and played it multiple times. I feel so bad for the guy. But the game, another game that they didn't have to make online, but fuck it. Yep. Let's do it anyway. Yep. And the game at launch was literally unplayable. They put out a 10 gigabyte day one patch to make it to where the features they put in the game would fucking work. So sad. And all, all six of them, all six features they put in that fucking game work to an extent. All right. I, uh, Haas. Yeah. I, um, uh, Shout out to Activision for the quick uh, money grab on the last game with the Tony Hawk rights. But I I got that game from Gamefly. Remember them? <laughs> yep. And I got it, and then I was like, I can't continue to pay for Gamefly. So I canceled it, and they are like, you know what? Fucking keep it. So I still have that game somewhere. It's still sitting around in its little Gamefly sleeve. And – um. I kind of want to tomorrow tie it to a uh, tie it to a firework and just get rid of it. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, what do you got for number three? Uh, so this one is one that it was the only reason why it's on this list isn't because the game itself wasn't that good. Um, it's because it was completely overhyped. Um, it definitely underperformed from even if you didn't believe the overhype and the fact that they're trying to make a sequel 
sickens me. Um, and that game is a game that was scheduled to be a PS4 launch title. It was supposed to have a console to go with it. It was going to be a bundle on release date. Guess what? Psych. Game's not ready. We're going to push it out a month. Psych. We realized how in-depth the PS4 is, and we want to make sure that this game tackles all of its capabilities. We're going to move it out another six months. Psych! We're going to move it out another six months. Why? Because our game fucking sucks and we fucking know it. That game is... Cody, do you know it? No, but I, I was so distracted by the facial animation there that I, that's all I could focus on for a second, but please enlighten me. That game is The Order 1886. Oh, fuck. Not to mention, once the game finally came out, which just to give you guys time frame, PS4 came out November 2013. That game didn't drop till February 2015. It was supposed to be a console launch. And it was delayed that much and guess what rumor has it they didn't really change shit they just realized how fucking bad the game was and they wanted to change some of the narrative and the game comes out it's actually not that bad it's playable but guess what it's also only like three hours long so you're gonna pay 60 bucks to play a game for three hours and then you're done there's no multiplayer there's no expanded universe like it it's that game that's it you're done now they're announcing they're going to make a fucking sequel. Please don't. Please don't. Just don't. Please stop. Can't you see he's already dead? <laughs> uh, what's, uh, what's your third? Um, it's not much I have to say about this one. Star Wars Battlefront 2. Uh, <sighs> that game. And I mean the, this one. The one that is allegedly good now. Now, two years after it released, is now good. Yep, got my copy sitting right over here. I'm uh, not going to bother picking it up because fuck that game. The fact that they released it with, oh, we've got a deep campaign. That's a story that's never been told before. How long is it? Four hours. But wait, we're going to have DLC. Just buy our $30 season pass. Oh, you want the classic Battlefront 2 multiplayer? Well, guess what? You'll get it in a couple years. But until then, you want to be good at the game? Fucking buy our loot boxes. And man, DICE should have shut down after that. The fucking rain of hellfire on them for making that game essentially pay to win was r relentless. And they removed microtransactions because of it for a few months. And then it was back to the same shit. And that game, Star Wars Battlefront 2, the original from Pandemic, was, and it still is, so beloved. I have it downloaded to my Xbox One because I still love playing that game. But they just like, Literally took a shit on its face. <laughs> it was not great. And apparently they've added stuff to make it playable. And I just, I 
am not going to waste my time. Yeah. I, I bought into the hype and I know I shouldn't have. Cause at the end of the day, it was an EA title and they're very hit and miss with the, with big the time. first person shooter stuff. And plus with a big property like star Wars, yep. mm, please don't big time, big time. All right. Uh, honorable. Let's uh, let's just list our three. What do you got for your three honorables? Uh, funny enough, speaking of EA, uh, Titanfall two. Nice. Because Almost I I didn't play Titanfall one. My buddy Kyle, our boy, got me into Titanfall two. He was the whole reason why I bought the game, and I very quickly fell in love with it because of another game that we'll talk about later. Which I know game. Yeah, it doesn't take much thinking. But uh, Titanfall 2, NHL 18, because that was when they introduced the threes game mode, and that was also the addition of the Vegas Golden Knights. And I am a proud owner of the trophy of winning the Stanley Cup with the Vegas Golden Knights in the first season. Fuck those guys. Yeah. Go Kings, go. And then my third game is... Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2019. Nice. Nice. I fucking love to hate that game, but god damn it, I've logged so many hours in that game, and when I don't know what to play, I fucking go back to it all the goddamn time. It's sickening. <laughs> I'm so mad that I like this game as much as I do, but fucking props to Infinity Ward for doing the series justice. They did a really good job. The campaign was phenomenal. Yeah. And, um, with all of its faults, I still love playing Warzone. Maybe I just need to get good, but yeah, yeah fair enough. We all do. Let's hear it. Uh, so my honorable mentions, uh, I have a feeling one of these games is going to be in your list. Um, Apex is in my honorable mention. Um, I, I, I tried to keep BRs out of my lists just because I wanted to, you know, BRs will always be around. You'll always play them, whether just like you said, you love to hate it. Um, and Apex is just so good. It really is. I'm not great at that game, but I enjoy it. Um, anytime, you know, people that I play games with are playing it, I would, I'm always down to join. I love that game. That game is awesome. Uh, Destiny is on my honorable mention. Um, Destiny was kind of the introduction to Halo fans on PlayStation when they announced it and everyone was super hyped about it. I really didn't give a shit. Um, but then all my friends were playing it like right at launch and they were like, bro, we just need help with all these raids. Come do these raids with us. And so I bought the game and then I ended up like, I may, if you don't, know me i am an avid madden player um i might have to talk cody into letting me do some madden episodes when 21 comes out uh because i will make around a thousand dollars every time i play madden uh because i love that game and i'm very good at it um i stopped playing madden to play destiny and that's not like me um so kudos to destiny you didn't make my top 10 because you were a game that were was badass for like three months and then you were dog shit and then your sequel was dog shit. Um, almost made my dishonorable actually. Um, that's my last one. CTR remastered crash team racing is by far the greatest racing game of all time. 
And when they announced the remaster for the new console, the current gen. Oh my God, I was so stoked. And uh, it is extremely difficult. So either they made it harder, props to them, or props to my younger self who dominated that game when I was like 10. So either way, kudos. You're on the honorable mention. So thank you. Yeah. So much nostalgia with the Crash series. Um, I'm not giving any spoilers or anything, but we might hear a little bit more about Crash Bandicoot in the Uh, very near future. Um, Now we get into... I know why. I know why. Oh, where is it? Ah. It's Wrath of Cortex. You got it. No, it's this game. Oh, dude, that game. (laughs) Underrated as fuck, and Crash isn't even in it. Nope. (laughs) But now we're getting into the nitty-gritty, the nitty-gritty of the Philadelphia Flyers. And oh, I should have worn my gritty shirt. Dude, for real though. He didn't punch those kids. Um, now this is the part where uh, we're going to name off each of us 10 games. And some of, a, some of you will be like, yeah, man, great game. Good choice. And the rest of you are going to be like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? <laughs> like... Oh, you didn't mention this game in this game, this game, what game of the year and all these awards. Listen, man, these are just our opinions. I'm not saying this is the cream of the crop. I can promise you right now that most of my games on this list did not win game of the year. Oh, yeah, I guarantee um, maybe one of mine, but... Like, there are some big games I've left off this list because I frankly haven't really played them that much. I know they're good games. Red Dead. No, I played Red Dead. I own it. No, I know. That'd be one of those games that's great that's not on the list. Oh, that's a spoiler. But, um, yeah, if you guys feel like we left out any games, just please let us know in the comments. Yeah, I'd love to hear your input on it. Maybe we can go back and revisit those games in the future. Call me a fucking stooge. Doesn't hurt my feelings. Passionate. I love it. Dig it. Yeah, that's what we're all about. So, Mr. Number 10. Mr. Case in Point, what do you have at number 10? This game was the start of something amazing. Yes, it's a sports game. Yes, it came out current gen okay it had some um older gen predecessors okay but when ea took over ufc that game was amazing it led to multiple sequels that were even better because the fighters were better and the gameplay was better when they announced the whole joystick grappling like oh, bro, yeah, blisters. Dude. I'd have blisters on my hands because it was just oh, so intense. You get so face. intense. I wish I still had my old PlayStation 4 controller because the analog stick above the analog stick, that plastic was gouged out to like where I could push the analog sticks forward and they'd pop off because I just gouged it from grappling so much. That game was awesome. So uh, that's my number 10. Thank you, EA Sports, for putting out a great game. Phenomenal games. I wish I was better at them. I really do because I know Garrett's wanted me to play UFC with UFC with him all the goddamn time. And there's times where I do, but I just I'm also such a competitive person that I know I'm not good at it. 
but I'm going to try to be. And when I start losing, I'm going to be like, fuck this. But oh, dude, phenomenal so frustrating. Games. So phenomenal games. Um, What's your 10? My number 10, something that a lot of people who know me would not per se see coming. It's a game that was briefly alluded to earlier when we were talking about Star Wars Squadrons. Everybody's Golf made my top 10. I fucking love that game. Me and one of my buddies would just go out for a night hitting the boss. And we'd come home and say, you know what? Let's sit down. Let's relax. Let's play a sweet 18. To a point where I would sign in on his PlayStation, download my save file so we'd have more courses unlocked than just like the first two. And we would ball out like really competitive games. And I'm not normally like a golf fan. I grew up playing more so like Hot Shots Golf, which is the same developer. Same, a lot of the same mechanics. And I love that arcadey style because really the only other golf games that I pursue outside of that and just in real life are mini golf titles. So I, I found it very fulfilling and it's a game that I love going back to when I'm just like, fuck it, let's, let's hit the links. <laughs> it's a good game and the VR version is amazing. I, I when I get my VR, I'm definitely gonna. It's awesome. I'm just gonna. We'll we'll have to hit the uh, the quote unquote links, as uh, you would say. Is that what golfers say? <laughs> uh, not generally, but all right. Well, maybe I'm just, if you maybe, actually play like a links course, then yeah. Maybe I'm just a BFS, a bowling for soup. Yeah, big fat stooge. Yeah, yeah. Um, number number nine. Who's going first? Oh, you're going first on this one. I feel I feel the love. Number nine for me, uh, a game from a developer that I was not super familiar with because another critically acclaimed title from this developer that I can't fucking remember the name of the developer to save my life. Uh, I was it was not my style of game, but I heard all the praise coming in about it, and it was put up on Xbox Game Pass, and I was like, you know what? I'll give it a shot, and I was fucking hooked that game being the outer worlds super deep lore great uh character progression the npc interactions were phenomenal the gameplay was amazing it's from the same developers that did a uh, fallout new vegas which i am not by any means a fallout fan i just don't really the universe doesn't do it for me a lot of the gameplay didn't really do it for me but i've been trying to venture out of my comfort zone when it comes to different genres of games and that one, it really caught my eye and it fucking delivered. It delivered in spades. So outer worlds for number nine for me. Great fucking game. Uh, number nine for me is a, a sequel to a game that was super popular on the PS3 uh, and not a ton of people liked it as much as the the game that was on the ps3 but i loved it i love the storyline i love how immersive it is um and obviously he's a great character so you have to love it and that would be batman arkham knight um that game is fucking choice fire um i actually have 
the disc and the VR for Beautiful. it. So uh, great game. The character development of Scarecrow in that one is frightful. Um, it's awesome. Great game. If you haven't played it, play it. It is a very immersive game, so it takes a lot. You can't just play it from start to finish and and be okay with it. You're going to have to do uh, side missions and you're going to have to build your character and build your gadgets. And it really makes you uh, strategize. Um, most games I try to um, do it to the best of my ability the first time and just beat it and call it good. Uh, this game I beat. And then I was like, you know what? I bet you I could do it this way. And I went back and I tried upgrading different gadgets to get it in a different manner. Um, so I've played through it twice and it is amazing. Love that game. Yeah, that game I was very suspect on on first release because I heard some of the issues they were having on PC where the game was unplayable. And I wasn't a huge fan at first of the uh, Batmobile tank controls. But I waited for it to come out on PlayStation Plus, And honestly, that game almost made my honorable mentions. I, I have all the Batman games. I got the Return to Arkham collection for the PS4. Because Arkham City is another... If we were talking past-gen games, that game probably takes number one for Yeah, sure. easily. Well, number one or two. Probably probably two behind the last of us. But... Which is good one. Yeah. Actually, oh, I think I know what else is on this list. Uh, number, number eight. Um, I'll start with this one because you kind of already said it in your honorable mentions, and I'm very disappointed in you. Um, being a sports guy, okay, you know that I play sports all the time. Number eight on my list is NHL 18. Bruh, NHL 3 is coming back. Are you kidding me? This is awesome. Amazing. The, the best part, and I, I hope my boy Jeremy is watching this because I'm about to give a shout-out to my boy. We did a exclusive California sports trip where we actually – I went first. He met me there, but uh, – Kayla and I, my wife, we drove down because we always go to the annual game with my cousins, Mark and Michelle. Hi, guys. Love you. Hope you're watching. Uh, they are big Flyers fans. So every year the Flyers play the Kings in L.A. Uh, we go and see that game. And uh, so I went down there. Well, during that time, um, my buddy Jeremy, his team is the Sharks. Well, the Kings were going to make a trip from L.A. up to San Jose to play the Sharks a couple days after. And then we are both Raiders fans and the Raiders were playing the Ravens at home that Sunday. So we decided to make a whole trip out of it. I was already in San Diego. I picked them up in LA. We drove all the way up to San Jose, watched them play the Sharks and they kicked the dog shit out of the Sharks. And then we drove over to Oakland and we watched a Raider game. Well, in between um, those days, while we were driving up to San Jose, uh, we stopped at a GameStop and I was debating on if I wanted to play NHL and, and get the new one um, because, you know, I, when you get a sports game every single year, you start dropping sports. Generally for me, like I'll skip a couple years of FIFA because I don't skip Madden. I don't skip 2K. Um, I usually don't skip NHL. I definitely don't skip the show. And this year I was like, ah, 17 wasn't that great. Hopefully NHL 3s brings it back. I just – I'm not seeing enough gameplay to make me want to play it. Well, Jeremy was like, bro, you got to get it. It's hockey. We just saw two hockey games in three days. You got to get the game. So I got the game. 
realized I packed my PlayStation with me, of course, because I pack it wherever I go. Obviously. And my HDMI cord broke in my backpack. So we made a side trip after we got to the hotel to the mall to go to a Best Buy or a Target to get an HDMI cord to then play the game at our hotel room. And we probably played to like two in the morning. And then we went to the Raider game and then we drove to Reno to stay halfway. We loaded it up in Reno. We played NHL threes in Reno. Dude, NHL threes was the best idea EA Sports has ever come up with since Madden Ultimate Team. And they killed it. So I absolutely agree. I think the thing that solidifies 18 over 19 and 20 for me is the fact that they included the AHL teams and the ECHL teams. There was so many more teams to play in 18s, threes. They kind of streamlined it a little bit more in the later years, but just having that variety, having all those challenges to do were so much fun. Um, NHL 18 was the first title that I bought because me and my buddy used to always play NHL 2K7 on the original Xbox. And that game was fun as shit. Mm -hmm. But I was like, you know what? It's time to bring it to the next level. And that was probably one of the best decisions I ever made, getting back into hockey for the first time in years and years and years. And it really, it really reignited my fandom of the sport in general. Let's hear uh, your Ocho. Uh, my Ocho Cinco is a Chad little Johnson. game. Hey, you may have heard of it. Some people call it the Dark Souls of 2D platform shooters. It's Are you going to say Bro Force? No. Oh, okay. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> But Bro Force is fucking phenomenal. Oh, good. It's so, so amazing. Good. I almost put it in my honorable mention. Oh, dude, that would have been great. I would have loved that. No, it's a, a little game. You may have heard of it. It's called Cuphead. Cuphead. Haley knows what that game is. Dude, Haley definitely knows what that game is. That game, I was so hesitant because I am a person who sees Dark Souls, sees all the people raging, and I'm like, that's entertaining, but I don't feel like spending five hundred dollars on new controllers every week because i'm going to fucking lose it because that's just those types of challenges aren't for me those games aren't for me but cuphead it's a little bit easier you know the fact that it's i love the art style i love the setting real old timey like 50s cartoons and it's super cool kind of like Harkening back to like old Mickey Mouse. And it's super fun to play and unforgiving at times. But there hasn't been a single time where I've gotten pissed off saying this game's fucking horse shit. Worst $20 I've ever spent. <laughs> it's a game where I'm like, okay, I fucked up there. There's a very easy way to fix that. And I just, I can't stop playing it when I pick it up. Plus the fact that you can play it in Tesla's car. Tesla cars are pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That's a good. That's a good pickup. I like. Uh, I like the reach for uh, for Cuphead. That game is challenging. I yeah. remember when uh, when Haley got her Switch, she uh, she was playing it, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" And one of her coworkers' husbands was also playing it, and that's how she found out about it. And I guess they were like competing on who could complete what levels first, and all this. And 
I remember picking it up. I was like, oh, this game seems like it's, you know, easy. When I started playing it, I was like, holy shit, this game is intense. Yeah. And it is not like uh, Mario where you can just run and jump. Like you have to time stuff. You have to, you have to know what's coming next. Like it, it is uh, very challenging. So good pick. Good pick. Yeah. That game, super fun. Number seven. Number seven. Sticking with this uh, kind of two and then two kind of format that we're doing. Uh, my number seven a franchise I have loved since like my early middle school years. And when they brought it back, they brought it back with a fucking vengeance. And that being uh, season one of Hitman. I was kind of turned off by the fact that it was an episodic release. I remember going to GameStop the day episode one released, not knowing it was episodic at the time saying, hey, do you guys have the new Hitman game? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's a <laughs> fucking idiot. Fucking stupid. <laughs> it's a, it's if a, I worked episodic. at that GameStop, I would have been like, uh, yeah, they decided not to come out with it. So uh, you were misinformed. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then probably call me an idiot on the way out. And like, sorry, GameStop guy. <laughs> Let me give you a PS3 and get $6 for it. <laughs> but it was really cool. The environments were super awesome. A lot of the assassinations were really inventive and it gave a nice challenge for when you were going for mastery. The silent, getting silent assassin rating on all the levels is a difficult thing to do, even if you're kind of familiar with the genre. Uh, watching speedruns of that game is fucking insane. Like dudes doing suit-only silent assassin runs. Fuck, dude. That is insane. But I absolutely love that game. I I own it on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. I own all the Hitman games. And they're just it's just a favorite that I love going back to. Hitman 2 was in. It's a good pick. I like that pick. Um my number seven is a well-known franchise. A franchise that most of you as kids loved playing it because if your parents caught you playing it, they'd be sickened with the amount of gore. I thought I knew a, what it was. I was very wrong. <laughs> a game where controllers snapped on the regular. A game that I found out about from a billboard at an LA King Stanley Cup rally. That game being Mortal Kombat X. I remember watching Andrzej Kopitar holding the cup on the bus and I looked over and I see a billboard and all it had was an X and scorpion spear coming out of the top of it. And I was like, what the hell is that? Are they making a movie? And so I Googled it, Mortal Kombat X. And literally, like, breaking news hours, Mortal Kombat puts poster in Los Angeles or billboard in Los Angeles announcing new Mortal Kombat game. I I didn't care about the Stanley Cup for a good five minutes. <laughs> and that's the I was Stanley so stoked. Cup. I was so stoked. Lord Stanley would be pissed. But it was – I was like, oh, no way. Bro, that game is phenomenal. So good. The physics – the the graphics, the storylines, they did it to perfection. 
which then allowed it because Mortal Kombat X was just going to be that's it. They were just they were announcing Mortal Kombat on the next gen, and you know we're going to make it just like you remember Mortal Kombat, just with better, better graphics. It was so good and so popular that they were like, you know what? Hey, let's make another. And they came out with Mortal Kombat 11, which was also great, but not as great as X. I think getting back in the franchise, uh, MK9, the remaster that came out, or the reimagining, reboot, whatever you want to call it, on the PlayStation 3, that brought me back. Because I haven't been a fan, really, of Mortal Kombat since Deadly Alliance, which even that was kind of like, on the PlayStation 2. But... I have so many fond memories of MKX just going in there playing as I think wasn't Leatherface one of the DLC characters like yeah. Leatherface and the Xenomorph from Alien and like bringing in all these new characters the new characters I very quickly fell in love with yep. the storyline was phenomenal I think they continued it very well in Mortal Kombat 11 uh, like you said not not quite as good though I, I really do enjoy that pick. Well, thank you. Number six. Number six. Um, so before we did this list, I asked, could we put remasters on here? And I was granted the opportunity to. So I didn't want to let this one pass by. So at number six, the greatest PlayStation 1 game of all time, aside from... Crash Bandicoot. Resident Evil 2 Remastered. Such a good game. Literally, the reason why it really hits home for me is because when I couldn't sleep at night because I was scared, I decided to watch scarier things, which was not a great idea. Um, but when <laughs> my dad would get home from his double shifts at FedEx, he would always play resident evil 2 and he could only play it at night because i wasn't awake and that's the only time my mom allowed him to play it because he's whipped um and i would sneak out of my room walk down the hallway and he'd be sitting in the little family room playing the playstation one and i would just kind of like sit by the front door and just kind of watch it through like a little opening and i just watch him play i remember i tried to be so sneaky and one time he turns around because he was scared playing the game and he turns around he's like oh my god you scared me what are you doing? It's like, Oh, I wanted to watch you play this. He's like, you can't watch this. I was like, Oh, I wanted to see if you were able to pass this, this, and this. And he initially right then and there, he was like, Oh shit. He's been watching me play this for a while. Cause he knew what I was trying to do. So he's like, yeah, come on watch. So then it became a thing where like, if I woke up, I just watched him play resident evil Two. And then when the PS two came out, I still had yet to play resident evil Two Cause I was fairly young. I kept my PlayStation one. And my parents went on a trip and I was able to stay home with my grandparents. And I put away my PS2 to plug in the PS1 and play Resident Evil 2. I beat it in a day. That's how stoked I was to play that. Damn. So when they announced the remaster, it was so nostalgic for me. Even if it sucked, it would have been great. And it didn't suck. It was so good. And they did a great job. There was rumors that they were going to try to force like first person into it and really remaster it to where it fits what you're looking for on the, the current gen consoles, but they didn't. They made the, the controls just as difficult. They made everything the way that it should have been, and I applaud them. It was great, and it's the only remaster that deserves to be on my list. 
Fair enough. As I said in the text message when we were discussing uh, remasters and certain it. things, uh, your list is your list. Yep. I'm not saying there isn't any remasters on mine, but uh, that's a great pick. Resident Evil 2, the remake of that was fucking phenomenal. I remember the the announcement for it like it was yesterday, and I, it's a game I love revisiting. Um, especially looking at YouTube compilations of fucking Mr. X coming through doors and all of a sudden X gonna give it to you from DMX starts playing. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. so fucking good. Thank God for the internet. Yeah. Uh, all right. Number six. Uh, number six for me is a indie game that picked up a lot of traction. And I, I didn't know they made Indiana Jones for the current gen. Dude, Lego Indiana Jones. What the oh, fuck, snap. bro? My it's bad. not. That's not it, though. Oh, um, you wish, though. Yeah. <laughs> as, long as, it's not, as long as it's not giving the crystal skull. I'm sorry. Did you say Voldemort? <laughs> there is no crystal skull in Bossing Say. Uh, my number six is a game called Dead Cells. which is a 2d dungeon crawler roguelike kind of deal where uh, you're going through these like tunnels and there's like this really deep underlying sub story to it. And you get these crazy weapons off these crazy modifiers and it's a challenge. And it's a really challenge that I don't actually mind too much. It's one of those, Hey, you're dead. Fucking start over, dude. <laughs> but you can upgrade things as you go along. You can get uh, mutations to where, oh, you died, but you had, you know, 2,000 coins on your body. Well, here's a bag. Guess what's in it? 2,000 coins. So you can carry some of that stuff over and you can unlock different weapons and you can randomize like your starting weapons, things like that. Fun as fuck fuck i absolutely love it that game i think might have gotten like indie game of the year honors nice but fun game super awesome i recommend people check it out even if it's not for you um moving into number five number five favorite number so it better be a good one funny that you speak of the resident evil franchise i think it's number seven resident evil 7 biohazard is one of the greatest i would say top three at least resident evil games of all time i would even put it up in top two with resident evil 3 i think resident evil 3 resident evil 5 is not in your top three uh there is no resident evil 5 or 6 don't believe they made a gold edition Mm, yeah well that's that's hearsay but getting back to what (laughs) made resident evil so good to begin with just that feeling of pure dread knowing that something bad is around that corner and you're gonna have to confront it or fucking run away like a little bitch which i did plenty of i'm not gonna lie that was without saying yeah that game was frightening and the fact that they did it from a first person point of view and the dlc was all very good 
and the twist at the end was phenomenal. I cannot wait to see what they do with it in Resident Evil 8 Village. Uh, Resident Evil 7, number five. Nice. Nice. Um, for me, this one's probably going to be the biggest surprise on my list because um, the rest of them are you could probably guess them uh number five is a game that you really can't play all the time because it not that it that it, that it gets boring or anything but it's really hard on the body um and it's really a game that you should play with a group because it makes it more fun uh that game being beat saber this game is fucking awesome I remember a few years ago when um, someone was playing a game that was similar to Beat Saber on like the Samsung VR or whatever. Um, I was like, oh my God, that's like the greatest invention ever. Lightsabers and music. Say no more. Take my money now. Then they released the PlayStation VR. We talked about that briefly. They released some pretty good games that were like, hey, this is specifically for the VR. This could be cool. And eh, wasn't really digging it. Didn't want to pay $300 for the VR for games that I might only play a couple times. Then they released Beat Saber for PlayStation 4. Just so happened to be like two weeks before Black Friday. Pre-ordered the Black Friday bundle, picked up the Black Friday bundle, downloaded Beat Saber digitally. I actually still have the games from the VR bundle that are still in the wrapper because I've only played two game, uh, three games on the VR, and that would be Creed, Beat Saber, and Everybody's Golf. Beat Saber is amazing. And when I say it's hard on the body, it is extremely hard because when you put on those VR goggles, ask Haley, she has had panic attacks. When you put on the VR goggles, you are literally in space. Like it is completely black. You're in a dark hole. And then all of a sudden these colored things start flying at you and you just got to beat them down. It is so awesome. The music is so good. They've, they've branched out and done some uh, big name music titles as DLC, but it's one of those games that even the, um, the game specific songs are catchy and it makes it worth playing. So Beat Saber is my number five. When I, when I eventually get my VR, that is going to be one of my first three games purchased, if not the very first one. So good. So good. Also, uh, I'm absolutely terrified to play Resident Evil 7 on VR because it's VR compatible and it's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, number... Do that. Oh, yeah. Fuck, dude. <laughs> uh, number four. What you got? Number four is technically if you want to argue that it's not a current gen game i'll i'll accept it but you have to call it by its name and that name being supersonic acrobatic rocket powered battle cars they renamed it because fuck that yeah, and we're not gonna make it catchy way better and we're gonna call it rocket league this game Props to my boy, Mike, because it was one of those games where I was like, who fucking plays Rocket League? And Mike was like, bro, it's free for PlayStation Plus right now. I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to play it. He's like, bro, there's duos we could play together against other people. Yeah, no. And he sent me a video of him playing it. 
he's like, dude, it's so much fun. I promise you. Like he did not let up. I, I wish that my phone went back that far for text because it was like literally a week straight. Like every day he's like, bro, did you get rocket league yet? Did you get rocket league yet? Did you get rocket league yet? So finally I downloaded it. Once it downloaded, I'm pretty sure we pulled an all nighter (laughs) and we played it religiously for years, which led to the greatest team of all time being puppy monkey baby. And who cares that we didn't place in any tournaments, but we did it. And that's what matters. And that game is awesome to this day. I will still load into it. I will still play it. I just told a story earlier about playing it and being extremely toxic. This game is awesome. Um, And there was rumors that they were going to do a DLC pack and they would for like two weeks, change the entire interface to supersonic acrobatic rocket powered battle cars. Mm-hmm. which would have been cool for like a little bit, but then be super fucking annoying and then bring it back to rocket league. But rocket league is uh quattro for me. What's uh what's number four for you. First off, I'd like to say that's incredible. And also do you want to play rocket league after this? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I dude. will never say no to that. Um, My number four, you know how we were talking about remasters earlier and how like there might be a remaster on my list. Well, there was a remaster that came out. A few years ago, and when I saw the announcement, the literal noise that came out of my mouth was "Wow!" <laughs> Crash Bandicoot: The Insane Trilogy, fucking a, the very first game I ever remember playing ever was Crash Bandicoot on the PlayStation One. Crash Bandicoot Two: Cortez Strikes Back is my favorite Crash game of all time, top five all time. And then I remember sinking in so many hours with one of my friends from California in uh, Crash Bandicoot 3 Warped that when I finally got that, I was, it was just like the old days and it's still phenomenal. I, after that remaster came out, it was the first time I ever beat Crash Bandicoot. I've beaten Warped, I've beaten Crash or Cortex Strikes Back never beaten the first one because the first one is fucking brutal yeah, it is. and it took so much patience but i finally did it didn't 100 percent it because i'm not fucking insane i know people do it like all the time but i just don't have the patience for it right now but insane trilogy phenomenal game before you go to number three uh your two what are they when, when you think of crash all all the crash games what two levels stick out to you the most um obviously the original boulder level that's yeah what made sonic's or sonic jesus christ what made crash so iconic they put it in an uncharted game yeah on on the playstation 4 that's when everyone was like oh maybe they'll remaster it and sure shit they did and they did an incredible job um that level for sure and then fuck that's a really hard question honestly insanity beach the very first level okay that i could i could do that level blindfolded probably probably not but i'm going to say i can for the clout for the clout for the cl- clout, let's do it. 
see like mine is warped the motorcycle level just so good just so, so challenging so good um uh and then the the one for me that's probably like the most memorable um like when i think of crash i think of um the uh great gate level oh yeah, yeah great gate's great where you're or uh no, sorry not great gate uh orient express where you're okay uh, yeah. Uh, what's her face and you're right on, on the tiger on the tiger on the yeah. great wall. Like that level is insane. And you have the dudes, like all the, the vendors that mm-hmm. walk by and you have to like avoid them. Like that yeah. level is, that was one of those levels where um, you have to really be paying attention. You can't just blow through that level because it was one of those games that even though it had a, a choreographed system, if you started it at a certain time, you were off on your timing. So you had to really pay attention and really focus. That level was awesome. And then the jet ski level was cool, but um, Orient Express and uh, the motorcycles. Primo level. Funny. It's funny to me how um, I picked two levels from the first game and you picked two levels from the third game, yep. which leads me to my next question before we move on to the top three. Boom. What's your favorite boss fight? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, uh, my favorite boss fight in the Crash Bandicoot universe actually won't come from um, won't come from the story games. It'll come from Crash Team Racing. Um, and that is uh, Engine. His boss level is fucking intense. Yeah, and that that would probably be the one that sticks out to me the most. Yeah, zero room for error on that. Oh yeah, fucking insane. Yeah. One of those where like even if you spin out, just fucking restart. You're not going to catch back up. Just restart. Yeah. He's fucking crazy. Yep. Um, I gotta say it's kind of a toss up for me between two and I'm going to cheat because fucking it's our show. We make the rules. Um, and that too being, do you remember Dingo Dial? Dude, Dingo Dial is the shit. Is dance that he used to do? Yeah. The, um, the level. Accent. <laughs> All right, mate. All right, mate. It's Dingo Dial here. That was really good. <laughs> uh, dude, I fucking love that game. Um, but the Ice Boss. Ooh. Level where he like shoots the things down. What that that one's one in the center. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, there's a very easy skip for it, but it was still so much fun. And then one of the ones that has always stuck out to me was Ripperoo. Uh-huh. When he when it's you have that annoying. big platform and he's like jumping and spawning the TNT blocks and the nitro blocks and stuff. That one, as simplistic as it may be, you just have to follow a pattern. It's so iconic to an extent. And Ripperoo has always been one of my favorite big bads in the Crash series. Top three. Fucking annoying. Yeah, annoying yeah. little crazy <laughs> bastard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, number four, Insane Trilogy. Phenomenal. Nice. Nice. Uh, 
Top three. Top number three. three. Number three. Now, this is where I. Can I just point out to the listeners right now? I actually wrote down uh, my idea of what Cody's top three are. And if I'm not even close, I won't show you guys. But if I am close, I will definitely show you. I, dude, you know me so well. I guarantee yours are probably spot on. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm not going to say what it is, but I'm pretty sure we both have the same number one. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, this one, it's going to be a dead giveaway. Isn't going to say the first thing. I haven't finished the game yet, but I can already tell I'm going nice. to fucking love it. Last of Us Part 2 is fucking amazing. Anyone one who says the one. game shit, uh, eat a fucking dick. <laughs> like, there's everyone's just fucking spiteful over little things here and there that have nothing to do with the actual game itself. I mean, sure, there are some major things that people aren't super happy about, but to progress the story in the direction they wanted it to go in, which I believe was the right direction, totally justified, phenomenal fucking game. I cannot wait for the HBO series. I also cannot wait to finish this fucking game so I can actually like read what people think about the game because I've been avoiding spoilers still. Nice. Last was part two is number three. Good pick. Good pick. Game of the year. This is, this is why I love our chemistry because I just that one, I am so glad that I guessed it as three because now I know for now sure. Now you know for sure who my top two I are. just went a hundo. Um, but also because our interests are polar opposites, yet we still find common grounds. And you go through this top ten list, we have yet to have the same game either on the list or at the same number, but our That's final two one. are going to be <laughs> number almost identical. Yeah. Now, well, I, don't know. I, I know where you're going, number two. I did not go number two, but I believe, <laughs> I, already sure? meant, I, believe I already mentioned number two. I so, um, guarantee you, you have. Uh, number three for me is a PlayStation Classic, and I'm kind of upset because, as I just mentioned, I just went 100 on yours, so I know what your other two are, and this game isn't on your mention or your top ten. I know where you're going with this. I love you, but I fucking hate you at the same time. I hate Uncharted 4. One of the greatest theatrical video games ever made. Now, there are games where there are cutscenes that are very elaborate, like The Last of Us 2, that are great, and the acting's great, and the voiceovers are great, but Uncharted has always found the perfect way to mix in theatrics and the game and uncharted Four, they tapped into that big time. They did great character bringbacks. They did great teases for what could happen, even though it's not going to happen. And as we just mentioned, you can fucking play crash bandicoot in it. Yeah. Uncharted Four, number three, wonderful game. Naughty dog. Yeah. Funny. Funny that we both chose Naughty Dog games as our number three. That's hey. kind of hilarious because a lot of game mechanics in The Last of Us Part Two come from Uncharted. Like yep. they added a rope mechanic like they introduced uh, in Uncharted 4, which was fucking game-changing. Oh, my God. It was so good. 
Um, wow. And I would just like to interrupt as well for those of you listening that you're like, hey, you haven't said this one game. Classic PlayStation title. Very upset with you. Um, God of War is not on our lists. Um, mm. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. And it is not because it's not great. It's because I am so scared to start playing it that I haven't. So I can't put it on my list. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Obviously, it won Game of the Year for a reason. I <laughs> Strong opinion. I don't think it should have. Uh, I believe our number one should have. But I'm so good. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's a phenomenal game. I've seen so much of it. And I, I've held off on certain things just because I still want to play it for myself. But, yeah, God of War will not be making this list until maybe maybe if we revisit this in the future after we've both played it yeah, then maybe. we can revisit this maybe maybe not we'll see uh, that's the part where i was like let us know in the comments what fucking <laughs> stooges we are because i guarantee it's not on the list yeah yeah all right so number two for me um is a game that i don't believe you finished or played i could be wrong um, but it is a game that made me fall in love with the entire series. Um, we've talked about games where you get into it kind of late, uh, like you get into the fourth one or the third one or the second one, and you're like, holy shit, where's this game been my entire life? And then you go back and you play the original, and you're like, oh my god, how did I not play this? This game is good. Um, Far Cry 4. Um, Far Cry 4 was a game that I always despised games like it, except for Batman. I always made the exception for Batman. I never liked immersive gameplay to where you had to upgrade specific things to pass levels. I like to rely on my skill and my strategy. I didn't like upgrading things because I hated reading what it did and then getting to a part in the game where it's like, oh, you should have done this because you would have been able to skip this part. Now you have to go brawl these people that are going to be extremely difficult to beat. Like, I didn't like that. But I always made the exception for Batman because it's Batman. Yeah. So one of my good buddies, younger brothers, was playing Far Cry 3. And I was like, oh, this game actually looks kind of fun. What is it? He's like, it's Far Cry. I was like, yeah, fuck that game. He's like, well, Far Cry 4 is about to come out. You should definitely try it. So when Far Cry 4 came out, I played it. And I played it all the way to the end, no matter how difficult it was, no matter how uninterested I was at some times. But then once I finished the game, and it had an alternate ending. I was like, am I going to be a bitch and just play the last level over? Or am I going to start this whole thing over again? Guess what? Started it over again. And I did a different strategy. And it was a heck of a lot more fun. So then I was like, I'm going to do this again. And do a completely different strategy. And I did. Again. And then I was like, you know what? It's Far Cry 4. I can't beat the game three times. I got to beat it four times. So I played it again. It was amazing. And then Primal came out, and Primal was good. Then Far Cry 5 came out, and Far Cry 5 was great. Far Cry 3 ended up being really good. So Far Cry 4 really got me into that franchise, and it got me back into that style of gameplay. Like, I don't fear playing those kinds of games anymore um, because even though it can get uninteresting sometimes, um, I know that if they're putting this amount of work into that game, generally the end result is worth it. So Far Cry 4 uh, is my number two. Um, I know you're number two, but go ahead and tell the listeners. Well, first off, I'd like to say you, you are correct in this. Uh, I actually have not played Far Cry 4. 
Uh, I do own Far Cry 5, and I did play on the 360 the expansion of Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, which was fucking incredible. So good. That, like, 80s-style action shit mm-hmm. was awesome. Um, yeah, you probably know what my, my number two is. We, you mentioned it earlier on your honorables, but I just can't fucking give it up. Apex Legends. I, to a fault, love that game. I love all the characters, even you, Gibraltar. Jimmy! Dude, mega Gibraltar. The, um, now, here and there, that have, there have been some issues with the game, some balancing issues. The fact that they murdered my boy, Pathfinder, World's Edges of fucking Travesty. And as of recently, there have been some updates where there have been some major hit detecting hit detection issues where i'm hitting people eight times getting the sound effect that i'm hitting them and not getting any damage on them and that's like costing me games and it got to the point where i stopped playing apex for like a month i was very displeased but those fucks at respawn those beautiful bastards keep bringing me back in vince sampala you are doing amazing work and i i will I played this game on launch day, knowing nothing about it, never playing any of the Titanfall games. This game got me into Titanfall 2, and I I love it. I will probably never stop playing it. I, and fun little side story was when you actually played it on launch, you texted me, and you're like, hey, did you download Apex? Well, when Apex came out, Anthem came out, and Anthem was supposed to be this big deal. Well, I downloaded Anthem. So when you said Apex, I thought you meant Anthem. So I was like, yeah, I got it. And then later that night, you're like, hey, we're playing Apex. Do you want to play with us? And I was like, sure. And I loaded into Anthem. And I was like, hey, I don't think we can play all four of us. And you're like, yeah, we're in Apex. And I was like, what's Apex? And you're like, oh, it's this game. And I looked it up. I was like, dude, this game looks like it's gay. Yeah, you guys have fun. I'm going to play Anthem instead. Anthem ended up being not so great. (laughs) Not Um, great at all. And Apex ended up being fucking amazing. Uh, Definitely picked the wrong A game that came out um, during that time frame. So uh, great game. Fantastic game. Love it. I I can't wait to see what they do in the future with it. I can't believe we're already on season five. Yeah, insane. It's crazy. All the different changes. And you want now, to just say number one at the same time? Uh, I, I know our number ones. And fuck, we can just get into this in-depth conversation about the phenomenal Marvel Spider-Man on the PlayStation 4. Fucking greatest game ever. Fight me. So good. Fucking fight me. That so game was one of the very first games that I... I'm not usually a completionist. When it comes to video games, if there's a game I truly enjoy or I feel like, you know, having a challenge and grinding it, uh, I'll put myself to the task. But with Spider-Man, I just couldn't fucking get enough. I wanted everything. I want to finish all the street crimes. I want to complete the story. I did my first run on the regular difficulty. And then as soon as New Game Plus came out and the Ultimate Difficulty came out, I was like, boom, we're in it. Let's go. And then I fucking went, and I don't know if I've ever told you this before, I went and did an Ultimate Difficulty playthrough. 
with no upgrades. It was challenging, but God damn, is that game a masterpiece. So I fun. do not see any fault in that game. Even the DLC was phenomenal. Yeah. Honestly, like I read an article today that was like uh, people speculating on Miles Morales and how that's going to be on, on next gen. Someone was like, honestly, if you just gave us Spider-Man with Miles as a player and just said it's its own story, but it's the exact same story with Miles, I would still play it all. Yeah. And yep, I'm in the same boat. If, if that's they, how good that game is. If they put out uh, a quote-unquote remaster for a game that came out a fucking year ago and they did a separate trophy list, I guarantee you I'm platinuming it again. Because I will gladly put myself through that again. Because it was just so good. Yeah, so good. And I cannot wait for Miles Morales. Yep. I, I figured I all I actually um, I almost put Apex at three. And I was like, Apex is probably three. Last of Us is, is number two because he was so hyped about the game. And then I was like, but he didn't finish it. So I feel yeah. like he's not going to put it at number two. And you didn't. So. Nope. You, you know me so well. I am surprised. One game I'm very surprised to not see on your list was Spyro. Yeah. See, and that's why when I asked about remasters, I, if, you would, if your response would have been, well, duh, I have remasters on my list, Spyro probably would have been in the top ten. Crash would have been in my top 10. It actually might have been a lot of remasters. Um, but I also, going through my games and through my head, like I, I told you earlier, like this was the easiest top 10 for me because I literally wrote 10 games right out. As soon as we were like, let's do this, I wrote down 10, like right off the bat. And actually, I only ended up adding two and, and swapping a couple out. Um, mm-hmm. And the two that I swapped out were the remasters. Because I was like, you know what? There are games that I played more than the remasters. I'm only putting the remasters because the original was so good. Yeah. Spyro is one of those. Like The, the remaster is good and all, uh, but it, it's not. It, it's more nostalgic than anything. Like Crash is nostalgic, but it's still super fucking fun. Yeah. Same with Crash Team Racing. Same with Resident Evil 2. Spyro is more just like, hey, it's Spyro. Yeah. Um, Fuck yeah. So that's why that's why it, it wasn't on my list. Yeah. That's fair. That's a fair assessment. Um I didn't want to give too much away for uh for my list because I wanted it to be at least at least numbers ten through four, apparently, to be a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, I definitely thought uh COD was making your top ten. No. Nah. Um I definitely thought Titanfall two was gonna make your top ten. Um and I definitely thought uh uh shit um i got to go to the game and it's very frustrating <laughs> uh i thought for sure that um mm, 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 mm. uh well it'll come to me later that's yeah. uh that's dad brain talking right now um yeah, is it there the was a dad game brain that... or the jaeger brain uh, it was pretty well but it, it's, dad, <laughs> it's dad brain for sure it's me wondering what time it is and if my kids are gonna be awake or not <laughs> um but yeah there was another game that i thought for sure was gonna be in your top 10 and i don't even think it was your honorable mention it'll come to me later 
and I'll, yeah, I'm sure we'll discuss it over Rocket League. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's the game. Oh. <laughs> That's so Rocket League. I thought for sure Rocket League was going to be um, be on your, your top 10. Even if it was number 10, I thought for sure it was going to be on your top 10. Yeah, actually, as I kind of said with you, I had a, a little bit of a hard time just because I've played so many games and there's so many games that I know are good that I just haven't played that I I would have been I would have felt like I was doing the game a disservice putting it on my list without having the experience like with God of War. Yeah. So I, like I, for for all the listeners, I apologize because I know right now just me being a gaming fan, I could tell you there's five games right now that come to my brain that were not on any of our lists, um, honorable or not. Uh, God of War being one of those. Grand Theft Auto being one of those. Um, Dishonored could possibly be on your list of those games that aren't being mentioned. Uh, Red Dead Redemption being one of those games that's not mentioned. And look, here's the thing. Um, For me, I am someone that has an exclusive amount of time to play video games every single day. And that is usually when my kids go to bed and before I go to bed. So depending on how good that game is, is how much sleep I get. And if I start playing that game and it is not great off the jump, um, I don't play it anymore. And Red Dead Redemption 2, how great the graphics were, how intense the gameplay was and the story was, it just wasn't for me. So that's why it wasn't on my list. God of War is a completely different beast. God of War, I know, will sucker be me right into that. And I, I, I know I don't have time to play it. Um, so if I have like a three-day weekend like I do starting tomorrow, maybe I'll dive into it. Maybe I'll feel bad and I'll start playing it. Maybe not. I, you know, I don't know. But that's why that wasn't on there. And like the Dishonored games and all that stuff, like a lot of those story mode games, it's really hard for me to get into. Like I really have to have like a drive to initially start it for me to finish it. Um, so that's why those games weren't on my list. It has no, it's not that I don't believe it's a great game. Uh, watching gameplay, watching other people play it, other people talk about it, like that's awesome. And it's just not for me. And just like I wouldn't expect Rocket League to be for you, or you know, Resident Evil Two or Spider Man to be for you. That's fine. Um, but yeah, th- that's why those aren't on the list. Um, like we said before we started this segment, if you guys have any games that you feel real passionate about, games that we haven't even mentioned now, uh, whether it be God of War, Dishonored, Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead, if there's another game that you feel so passionately about, we want to hear from you. Please let us know. We would love to hear from you. We want to hear about your passions as well as ours. And maybe we can talk about it. Maybe you will be the person that inspires us to pick up a new game which is always very fun because that's kind of what we strive for is we, we want to share our interests with you guys and vice versa. We want to hear what you're passionate about as well as you guys hear what we're passionate about. So with that being said, that's going to wrap up episode two for us. Another really good one in the books. Uh, I have a feeling just this sinking suspicion or sneaking suspicion. I don't, Whatever the phrase is. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. Um, That we went over the hour. I have a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So if this isn't on SoundCloud, sorry, we'll cut it down maybe. Yeah. Um, This one I think we could definitely cut. Yeah. This one will be a little easier. We can cut out a little bit of stuff. And um, we can... uh, It's definitely going to be on YouTube for sure. So... If you're on YouTube already, if you watched episode one, 
check out episode two, uh, which if you're hearing this, you probably already did. So congratulations. You uh, win. It, yeah. You win my appreciation, which goes a long way. It does. And if you're watching this before episode one, what are you doing? You stooge. Go back and watch episode one. It was so much Born fun. Born in a barn? Yeah. I bet you leave the doors open. You're, let, you're letting the cold out of the refrigerator. God damn it. Speaking of refrigerators, you know New Age refrigerators beep at you when they've been open for over yeah. a certain time? Yeah, dude. Freaked me the hell out with my fridge. Yeah, dude. Our fridge is so fucking broken <laughs> that, like, it'll be, it'll be shut, but it'll be like, ding, ding, ding. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's been shut for 20 goddamn minutes. And then I go over there and it's not shut. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> you win this round. <laughs> Make sure my lunch meat is still at good temperature. <laughs> meat. Ah, nice. Um, that'll do it for us, you guys. If you bit. enjoyed on YouTube, feel free to like, let us know what you think in the comment section. Subscribe Don't say it. and ring that motherfucking bell. So you let us know so it lets you know when our next episode goes live and also it really helps us out smash it like the liberty yeah dude smash it like it's a moth like smash mouth smash because you're an all-star Ooh. yeah okay. wow yeah i'm a big fan of smash mouth they're great <laughs> and uh if this is if you are listening to this on other streaming services feel free to subscribe to the show if you enjoyed uh are ratings a thing? Like, can they rate us? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they can. There is a, a thumbs up, thumbs down rating. Yeah. Uh, let us know. If you like it, please like it. If not, maybe just pass on it. If you really hate it, uh, by all means, go in the comment section and give a good old emoji of this. We'll, we'll get it. Well, yeah. Uh, I've seen a few of those Yeah. to where I, I think I'll get the gist of it. And I don't think it'll hurt my ego too much. Yeah. But that's going to do it for us. Look forward to another episode coming very soon in the next probably few days. We'll have much more to talk about. Talking about next-gen consoles. Talking about game development in general. And it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be probably... It might get a little heated. Possibly. But... We will see. You'll just have to tune in to find out. Cliffhanger. So that'll be it for us, you guys. Enjoy your 4th of July, wherever you may be. Uh, Fire off some fireworks. Drink some drink. Have a good time. But most importantly, be safe about it. Don't lose any digits. Yeah, don't don't come back after this being Jason Pierre-Paul. Yeah, true. Big true. So... (laughs) that is it for us you guys i have been cody and i'm still jason and this has been mashing joys episode two be safe out there eat your vegetables and just overall have a good day you guys later see you see you i'll probably get in trouble for that one (laughs) fuck it